You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. How many have ever read uh, Christ the Healer? Yeah, if you've been through Bible Institute, here you have. The, the, the author's name is F.F. Bosworth. And he made this statement very famous that I want to talk to you about in just a minute. But I want to remind you of what we've been looking at. And how many of you know, I think the last time we were together talking about this uh, was December the 18th. Y'all remember it well, right? I mean, we've had Christmas and New Year's, and I know you remember everything I said that night. And I don't, so, so I, I'll repeat it. So a little bit. So remember we talked about the Syrophoenician woman. Remember she came. And how'd she come? Have mercy on me, son of David. And what was she doing? She had heard somebody. So she had heard somebody come to the Lord or heard of people coming to the Lord and calling on son of David to invoke a covenant, right? And so she came that way. But how many of you know she didn't have one? So Jesus, even though he called her a dog, how many of you know that's a good liable suit for today? He called her a dog. And you know what, you know what she said? You're right, sir. You're right, sir. Now, most people would walk away right there because nobody likes to be adjusted anymore. Not y'all, but most people. The reason most people don't receive and walk in the, best, the blessings of God is because they refuse spiritual adjustments. And when things get hard, they bolt. When it's not the way they want it, they go. And it's easily done today. Church to church to church to church. Now, I know I'm not talking to y'all. Because the truth of the matter is, you can't grow something unless it stays planted. Are you with me? Now listen, if God transplants you, he has a way to protect your root system as he carries it to another watering hole. But if you just don't like, if, you know what I'm saying? And you keep picking up, that's like in your yard. If you, if you had a shrub that you bought and you paid a lot of money for and you love it, but if every two weeks you moved it because you didn't like the location, it's going to be dead soon. Right? So the Lord, when he's doing this, so what did he say? He said, uh, you know, I can't give you the children's bread. I can't cast the children's bread to a dog. Now, most people would have run. I'll just be real honest. With my little touchy personality sometimes, I might have been one of the runners. I really, I'm telling you. I've grown past it. But I tell you, back in the day, I might have been like, forget you, dude. Thought you were so good. You don't want to help me? Fine. But that's not what she did. She adjusted. Help me, Lord. Come on, everybody say, help me, Jesus. It's a good prayer. Help me, Jesus. Come on, help me. Right? And what did he say? So, so, so what? And she goes, true, Lord. But even the puppies, I like that translation. Even the little dogs, the puppies, get crumbs from the master's table. And he said, looky here, looky here. 
Woman, great is your faith. It's done. Why? Because she readjusted. She adjusted. And so you got Jairus. You got to be careful with some modern translations because a modern translation, if I, I, I believe the old, I believe you got to be careful about this one because a lot of them will say the little girl was already dead. Some of the more modern ones, but I don't believe that's true. She, he, Jairus came to Jesus. His daughter was at the point of dying. And remember, he went to Jesus and he said, "What? If you'll come to my house, lay hands on her, she'll live." And then remember then when the woman with the issue of blood came, she got her healing and told him all. So we were standing there a while, probably telling him all, right? Jesus is not concerned. But then someone, a friend of Jairus, comes not only with facts, but an opinion. You got to be careful who you let speak into your life. Because the fact was she died. But he threw in his opinion, don't trouble the master any further. But Jesus did what? Because at that point, I guarantee you, Jairus was what? Ready to give up. Because she's dead. This is over. The dream is dead. <laughs> the, the desire is dead. Don't trouble the master any further. But what did Jesus say? Be not afraid. What is he about to do? He repositioned him to get, because he said, don't be afraid, only believe. Now, what I've challenged you, when someone says, I'm believing, I'm believing, there's more to it than a word of faith, charismatic thing of, I'm believing. What are you believing for? Oh, I'm just believing. I'm just believing. No, not good enough. You got to believe something. What was Jesus said, don't be afraid, only believe. What was he trying to get him to believe? What he'd already said. What did he already said? If you come to my house and lay hands on my daughter, he, he said she'll live. It, it, dead or almost dead was irrelevant Amen. to the Lord. Still is. Okay? So, you know, so then you know the rest of the story. Jairus must, he, he, he allowed himself to be repositioned. And so Jesus went, remember he had to throw everybody out because they were all, you know, she's not dead, only asleep. And they all laughed him to scorn. But how many know she got up? Why? Because Jairus believed. Not because Jesus could, because if Jairus would have decided, no, she's dead. You don't have to come. Thank you for being willing to come. I really appreciate it. But she's dead. You know, I'm sorry I troubled you. But no, when, when what happened was, even though the guy said don't trouble, Jesus was right there. Thank God for the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Because you say, I wish Jesus was right here. He is. He is, and he'll help you. So everybody say repositioned. And so as I'm thinking about repositioned, then we're going to move on to being positioned. Because uh, after you get repositioned, you're in position, and there's some things you and I need to be in position. So F.F. F. Bosworth said this. He said, um, uh, faith begins where? Everybody said out loud, faith begins 
where the will of God is known. Come on, say where the will of God is known. Where the will of God is known. And so we're going to look at that. And again, I, lot, a lot of you, and that sounds very simple, but I've got some things on my heart that I really want to get to, but I've got to build a case because I'm not going to assume uh, tonight or any time that everybody knows all this and it's just like old news because it's not old news, it's good news. And with good news, there's always revelation. And there's always reminder. And I don't know if you can tell, but I'm pretty excited about it. Hallelujah. So let's go to Mark chapter 1. Because I believe that God has some really, really, really big things like Travis was talking about. And he's the God of abundance and he's wanting to get you some things. And if your dream was dead, he's fixing to bring it back to life. If you're having some trouble, oh man, if you're having some trouble with some things and you're just in a funk, I'm telling you. And I keep using that word, but that's, somebody must have said that. I'm just in a, and guess what? You're about to get out of it if you'll, get, if you'll listen. Because we can't leave you there. That would be wrong to leave you there. This is kind of an ugly word anyway. Uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 40. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and uh, saying unto him, If you will, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and said, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. So... Faith begins where the will of God is known. The leper came to him, and he obviously had seen some things and heard some things, and he looked at him, and it wasn't a question. He, if, he, he questioned him, and he said, if you, if you will, if you will, you can. And Jesus said, I will. So the man believed something, and that's why I was there. And so I want to take you to my uh, scripture I tell people all the time, I tell like some of my classes that I teach on uh, ministry, that if someone just called me up and said, uh, you got two minutes, um, but I need you to come preach, I would say, please turn in your Bible. So 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that I have in him. You've got to have confidence in God. Where do you get that? And this is the confidence that I have in him, that if I ask anything according to his will. Listen to me. We're going to talk tonight about the general will of God, and we're going to talk to you about the specific will of God. Because that's where people in this church and churches like us get confused. And that's why when some people come in, they uh, get disappointed in God, although it wasn't on God. It's because they heard a quarter of the teaching on something. Because the... The, the truth of the matter is, this is the confidence that I have in you. That if I ask anything according to your will, I know you hear me. And if I know you hear me, then I know that I have the petitions that I've desired of you. I'm not trying to get God to answer my prayers. I need him to hear me. And that word here, I learned later, and I've been developing this, that that word here, if you study it back to the original, it's like, it's like a, a, a king's court where it's like, hear ye, hear ye. It's not a physical hearing. How many know God can, he can discern your thoughts? He's going to hear you. Whether you're being stupid or smart, whether you're saying good things or bad things, it's not physical hearing, it's a positional hearing. And it says, now, he, we know that he hears us. We know, it's like going in front of a king, and we know that he hears us. And whatever we ask, we know we have the petitions that we've desired of him. 
So this is the confidence that I have in him, that if I ask anything according to his will. So the number one thing in being repositioned and positioned to receive all the promises of God that are yes and amen generally and specifically is, number one, I've got to ascertain, am I in the will of God? Is this the will of God? Now, see, that confuses a lot of people because then they've taken things to an extreme where every prayer they pray is, Father, if it be thy will, will you heal me? If it be thy will, will you bless me? Well, we're going to get into some of that stuff, and then we're going to get very specific with it, and I believe I've got some help for some people. So let's start here. How do we know what the will of God is? Well, first of all, I want to take you back in Genesis chapter 15. I want to take you back to Genesis chapter 15. Ooh, Genesis 15. I'm very stirred. Genesis 15. Here we got Abraham and Sarah. After those things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield, your exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, Lord God, uh, what will you give me? See, and I, don't, I go childless. And the steward of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, um, to me thou hast given, he said, I don't have a seed. Um, and lo, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came. 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 The word of God is the will of God. The word of God is the will of God. But here... What I want you to see is the word of the Lord came, saying, this shall not be your heir. He's not it. And what will come forth out of your own bowels shall be your heir. And he brought forth him abroad and said, now look at heaven and the stars, and you can't number them, so shall your seed be. And the word of the Lord came. He showed him something that he could see so he could seize. I tell you, and I've taught some other things, at this point, Abram is in faith because the Bible says, and he believed the Lord. Everybody say he believed. What did he believe? He didn't just believe anything. He believed that he would have an heir from his own body, from his seed. When did he believe it? Right here. There's no account going forward that Abraham didn't believe from this point. And I've told you, and I don't have time to get into it, but what happened was Sarai had never heard from the Lord herself. She was a person, because a lot of times people will what? They hear it from somebody else and they'll grab a hold of it. Remember the woman at the well? She went back and she told everybody, and some believed. But then when Jesus went to the village himself, then they said, well, we believe what you said, but now we believe it ourselves because we've seen him. Sarah, Sarai was one of those girls, one of those people that she needed. Because remember then going down later, and I'm trying to hurry up. One of the, going down later, remember, uh, you know, God came again. She's in a tent. And what did God say? He said, about this time next year. Remember, she's laughed. And then she lied. You remember all that? But what happened? She heard from him herself. What was that? The word of the Lord came. She didn't immediately believe. Now, we out when, there's no throwing stones at Sarah because Hebrews 11, 11 says that she believed and when she did, but she counted him faithful. And when she counted him faithful, what did she count him faithful to? What he said. 
And when she counted him faithful what he said, she received strength to conceive, to, to, to have her own. And then Isaac came. Okay, so what is my point? Without the word of the Lord, there is no resting place for you for your faith. You have to have something that you can point back to that says, thus says God. The word of the Lord came unto him saying. Okay, now I'm giving you specific things. Um, and, and so how many of you know um, Isaac eventually came? I believe the position and the repositioning was really a lot to do with Sarah or Sarai at that point because she had heard from Abraham those other times. And Abraham, originally when God spoke to him, he believed. How do I know that? He produced a child with Hagar. Now, I know he regretted it, and we all still might regret it to this day. But the truth is, until Sarai, I mean, what did the Lord do? I'm still talking about something. He repositioned her. It wasn't working. He went by where she was because he wanted, God wants you to get what he's promised you. And he's not just you get a one and done. He's going to work with you. He's going to reposition you. He's going to help you get to where you can have something to put your foot on, so to speak, so that I believe something, and I believe it because God said so. The word of the Lord. So now she's got a word from the Lord. All right? Uh, Caleb, of the Joshua and Caleb, Joshua 14, verse number 12. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. I love this. Give me this mountain. Wherefore, the Lord spoke in that day. For thou heardest in that day the uh, Anakins and whoever they were were there. Uh, Joshua 14, 12. Uh, and, that, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord has said. In verse 13 it says, And Joshua blessed him and gave unto, him, gave unto Caleb, the son of Jephna, Hebron, for an inheritance. So Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb. So you go back. He Just one day, uh, uh, Joshua um, 4.12 and then uh, 14. Let's look at, if you go back to Joshua 4, I believe, or is it 14? 14, 12. Where were we just? Okay, now I want to go to 14. Well, I think I wrote it down wrong. I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's go back to Numbers 426. I didn't do a very good job today writing down my scriptures. Because that ain't it. Um, maybe it's 14. Numbers 14, 26. Let me see if that's it. Verse 24. Verse, chapter 14, verse 24. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, hath followed me fully. Him will I bring into the land where he went. 
and his seed shall possess it. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwell in the valley. Tomorrow I'll turn you and get you to the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and, and unto Aaron, saying, How long? So, so we, we got, we got um, your, Caleb, him and his seed will possess the land. And really, if you study that out, you can go back in different places and you can see. He just didn't ask for a mountain kind of like on a spur. He saw that mountain. He wanted that mountain. Moses, by the Spirit of God, said, you can have that mountain. Now, he's grown older. He's 40 years older. And he'll say, I'm as strong as I ever was. Now give me my mountain. But he didn't just like look at that mountain one day and say, you know what? I think I like that mountain. He had something from the Lord that had promised him that mountain. Okay, hold that, hold that thought. Then you got, you got Peter walking. You remember that? He said, remember Jesus walking on the water? He said, Lord, if that's you, bid me, bid me to come. If, what is he? Jesus said what? Come. What is that? He is discerning the, the will of God because nobody else in the boat asked. So just because Peter's tooling around on the water, Peter, James, and John can't get on, you know, um, Peter's walking. They can't, James and John and Zebedee and whoever else, they can't all just jump out there and have a party on the water. Because he told one person to come. Everybody can't get out of the grave because he said one name, Lazarus, come forth. Everybody can't get up. Only one person can get up because that's the will of God. Okay, now where this gets messed up then is then people take what is the general will of God and then start to apply specifics to it. Because the general will of God is this. 1 Peter 2, 24, Galatians 3, 13 and 14, Isaiah tells you very clearly that by the stripes of Jesus you what? Have been healed. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 very clearly tells you Jesus became poor. That's not talking about spiritual poverty. That It is right in the middle of two chapters talking about finances. He, he did not change the subject. It is the general will of God for you to be rich. Now, if you don't like that word, use blessed. But don't get scared. Or use abundance, do whatever. Come on, pick a Bible word and use it if, if rich scares you. Abundantly supplied. That is the general will of God. How many of you know the general will of God when it came to you being saved, when it comes to any of your family being saved, comes to anybody in the world being saved? What is the general will of God? It is the will of God that none should perish, but that all should come to everlasting life. The general will of God. So now look here. Look, look, look. This is where people start messing up. Let's say um, you're without a job and you need one. And so, how many of you know that as a child of God, hey, you know, uh, this is what I'd tell you to do. I'd start with, you know, Father, you said you'd meet all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, I know we'd love to everybody come up and give us a Pentecostal handshake and we never had to work another day in our life. But you know what? That kind of is contrary to another scripture. If you don't work, you don't eat. That's in the New Testament too. Praise the Lord. 
And so, listen to me, you've been de delivered from the curse of the law, not the curse of the fall. I don't have time to explain it, but the fall caused some things. And you don't have to toil anymore. You don't have to labor like the world labors. We still try. But, li but listen up. Listen, listen. So the general will of God is that you be blessed. The general will of God is that you have a good job. The general will of God is that you enjoy your job. You spend a lot of time there. You at least ought to like it. Praise the Lord. So you can pray and use scripture when you need a job. You could generously say, Father, I thank you. You meet all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I believe you became poor that I could become rich. You said if I don't work, I don't eat, and I like to eat. So, Lord, I'm asking you to provide me a good job. And I just believe that you're, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and you order my steps, right? And I have favor. Favor surrounds me like a shield. You see what I just did there? I have something to stand on. I gave you five scriptures to stand on, and I didn't even look anywhere. I just gave you five scriptures to stand on. But this is where people of our flavor make a mistake. They do this. They'll be looking. I don't know what y'all look at. I know that you don't look up newspapers anymore in the help wanted. I don't know how you get help wanted or whatever because I'm not currently looking for a job and never plan on being. Hallelujah, glory to God. But so then like a job scrolls up. And it's 100K, and it's nice, and um, you don't qualify. And you look at that, and you say, well, I claim that in the name of Jesus. I claim that job. I claim it. And you lay hands on your computer, and I claim it in Jesus' name. I bind anyone else from getting my job. I loose the holy angels to go bring that in. Glory. And you can even have your little Pentecostal Jericho march and Shondai all day long and get all happy about it and whatever. But you ain't getting that job. And people do that with all kind of specific things that are not the will of God for them. James, remember when we looked at James? Remember what, because that person said what? Said, well, I'm going to go to this city. Y'all remember? Taught on a while. I'm going to go to this city, buy and sell and get gain. And what did the Lord say? You don't know what your life is. You don't know what tomorrow what you ought to say, if the Lord will. Now, see, here's where, if it be thy will, fits in. Because the general will of God, healing. I know the general will of God for healing, and it is the will of God that I be healed. I don't have to ask him if it's his will. The general will of God for me for provision, I don't have to ask, is it your will that I get a good job? His will is very clear. And even a good job, and then he can do exceedingly abundantly above all I could ever ask or think because I got seed to sow. I mean, God will take care of me. So the general will of God is found in the word of God. But you've got to have something to stand on because if you say, I'm believing something, give me case in point. Show me your evidence. If you have no evidence, you're not in faith. If you have no, thus says the Lord. Well, see, you've got thus saith the Lord all over the place in here for the general will of God. But where the people make a mistake and then where they end up getting discouraged, where they end up getting discouraged is they begin then to try to figure things out on their own. And they'll begin to believe for something that God has not 
asked them or told them was theirs. So you can't just look at a job and say, I claim it in Jesus' name. And bind everybody else from taking your job. Unless, when you're looking at it, the Holy Ghost says, that's your job. But I don't qualify for that job. That's when qualifications don't matter. But you've got to ascertain the voice and the will of God. That's why it's so important to know the great shepherd. Because what happens is people then begin to believe things that they have no evidence, no word of the Lord for. The reason Caleb could take that mountain when he was 80 is because he told he could have it when he was 40. The reason Peter could walk on the water and nobody else could was because the Lord told him he could. He said, come. The reason that eventually Abraham and Sarah got an Isaac when it was impossible was because the Lord told them. They had something to stand on. They had evidence. And so for you personally, so there's a lot of things in here when it comes to the will of God that you've got to know. Do you all know, can you all see the difference? Now, I don't want to get it, not, yeah, Lord, I don't want to touch that. I'm afraid I'm going to set up. Okay, we'll do it. Woo, here we go. When it comes to physical healing, because you'll hear people say this, well, I believe the Lord sent me the route of the doctor, and I believe the, that medicine is going to heal me. Now, now, be very careful about this. Now, listen, the Lord can send you that route because it, it is the will of God that Jesus heal you because Jesus is your healer. But God is not opposed to doctors and medicines and such. But really, the Lord works with you where you're at. If you felt, well, I believe the Lord, he wouldn't heal me, so he sent me to a doctor. Eh, wrong. No, no. We, but there's nothing wrong with admitting that, you know what, I'm not there. But how many of you know, I like what my spiritual father said. He said, um, you know, if you're not quite there, go to the doctor and live to pray again another day. If the doctor can help you, that's fine. But you can't end up relying on that. Because there could be a day when a doctor, he or she would say to you, I'm sorry, we've done everything we can do. And if you've always relied on what they can do and you haven't developed your faith, well, then it's, then it's too, too, too much, too late. Are you with me? And, and so, yes, a doctor can tell you. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with surgeries. There's nothing wrong. I mean, there isn't. Absolutely not. But don't mistake that. You know, someone said, well, God led me to go this direction. He led you to go that direction because you weren't able to grab a hold of something. And there's nothing wrong with it. He loves you that much. It's going to help you that much. But if you start messing with that, it'll get you off a little bit. And, and so are you all with me? You understand what I'm saying? So the truth of the matter is when it comes to things in your personal life, you're going to absolutely have to hear from God and get the will of God. You're going to have to get the will of God. Because, yes, there's a general will of God, which is the word of God, and faith only begins there. So we've got to go back sometimes when something's not working, when something is messed up a little bit when it's not exactly like it should be unfortunately people sometimes just push through with their will instead of taking a back step and saying do I need to be repositioned am I doing everything the Lord told me to do or have I added something to what God had told me to do 
Am I actually doing his will? I think about this. We had a young man that went to our church a long time ago. He doesn't come here anymore. But he was miserable. He was in a funk. You know what I'm talking about? And I, I know I keep bringing that word up, and it's unfortunate. I believe the, um, you know, I don't know everybody's going to get what they need tonight. Uh, you know, anyway. But the truth of the matter, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to still say it, and I'm going to lay it out there. Maybe they'll go back and grab a hold of it later. Um, the, but, but this young man, his father owned a very prosperous business. And so he had always dreamed in his heart that his son would take it. It's prosperous. It's amazing. And his son did what daddy wanted. And his son was miserable. Then he started coming to Cornerstone Word of Life Church, and he started hearing messages like this and about how God gives you dreams and about how, how you know, God has specific things for you. Because a lot of times in churches like ours, the only thing you think about specific is ministry. But that's the furthest thing from the truth. God can call you to be a doctor. God can call you to be a teacher. God can talk, call you to be just about anything, anywhere, and grace you to do it. And even where on the way you're going, there's grace to do what you're doing. And bless you there. So everything is not about just, you just don't get to decide what you want to do any time in your life when Jesus is the Lord of your life. you got to obey him. you got to follow him. Because when you obey him and follow him, there's grace for the race. There's grace for what you're doing. And so this, this young man came up to me. I'll never forget it. He said, um, you know what? Um, I'm miserable. And he said, all I ever wanted to be was a nurse. So I really want to be a nurse. I said, we'll do it. But you don't understand. My dad has trained me. But I said, well, you, have to, <laughs> you decide. So you know what? He went to school. He became a nurse, and he became happy. He became satisfied because he was doing the thing that God called him to do. I had this one young lady. She was doing something, and uh, she had already, college aid already passed, whatever, whatever. But she wanted to be a teacher, so she went back to school to be a teacher. I've had countless stories of this where it doesn't matter how old you are, that um, you can be repositioned to do the thing that God has called you to do, ordained you to do, and graced you to do. And it's important for you to do that. And so, but a lot of times when we try to do something on our own or get out ahead of God, there's not grace to do it. So we have to, we have to know, Father, what's your will? And you are a sheep and you know his voice. And the voice of a stranger you will not follow. Because that's the way for these personal things, that's the only way you can get to know the will of God for your life at that moment. And so, um, 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 um. okay. Y'all want to do the will of God, right? This is a really good bunch. You want to do the will of God. And I know you do. So we've got to be, you know, we've got to be quick to respond to that. And I want to tell you again, I'm going to bring it up one more time. I'm going to circle this a little bit. When it's hard, you know, God never promised you everything he told you to do is going to be easy. I don't know where you got that from. You didn't get that from the Bible. But if it's, you know, well, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. Well, I want you to do this. Oh, that's too hard. It's too big. You know, it's it's like, was it, you know, the dude that was told to dip in the Jordan and his servant, thank God for people, you know, around you. Like I said this before, you know, thank God he was there because he said, well, master, if he had told you something hard, you'd have done it. Just, it's just obeying. Whatever he says, do it. And when it comes to the will of God, 
Some things are little, some things are big, some things take a while. But what, how, what does it have to do with repositioning you for your faith? Because faith begins where the will of God is known. And everyday living, the just shall live by faith. And if I'm not in position to where I know I'm in the will of God, then I'm going to lose my confidence. And this is the confidence that I have in him. That if I ask anything according to his will. So it's not just about asking according to his will. It seems to me as I've studied this over the years, that the more that I'm in the will of God, the more that I'm walking in the grace of God, the easier it is to live by faith. To live by faith. Um, And all you can do, and and living by James chapter 4, you know, praying, Lord, if it be your will. What's, what's your will? Um, a lot of times there's two areas that I look at if I'm having a hard time. Am I submitted to God and am I doing what he asked me to do? Am I submitted to God and am I doing what he asked me to do? Travis brought it up. Let, let me tell you something that, no, I'm not going to bring that one up. I'm going to bring up another one. I, let, me, let me just tell you something about the will of God. Um, and some of you, many of you have heard this story over and over again, but that's all right. Um, how many of you know that, uh, what did everybody say? Well, they'll say, um, you know, one of the best ways to learn is by your mistakes, you know, so you won't do it again. I say that's baloney. The best way you can learn is by somebody else's mistakes. It's true. So I've made a few, and I've been doing this long enough, Then you can listen to me and not make your own. But I remember when I went to Bible school, um, most of you know I have an accounting degree. I paid a lot of money for it, so it's hanging on my wall. And I, not to brag on me, but the truth of the matter is I was really good at it. My mind works that way. I was really good at it. I enjoyed it. Um, the day before I went to Bible school, the partner of the firm came and sat across from my desk and he looked at me eyeball to eyeball and he said, you keep doing what you're doing. One day you'll be a partner in this firm. Those are the words I wanted to hear since I was a junior in high school in that firm. I had planned my life out to get back to that firm, to be a big duck in a very small pond. And that's what, that was the plan of my life. He just told me the plan that I had for myself when I was a junior in high school, when I took up accounting, and that's what I had planned to do. At the very firm, I planned to do it in. The next day, (laughs) I gave my two-week notice and went to Bible school. I don't know if that was God or the devil, but it doesn't matter. I went. I, 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 I went. And so, um, so, um, like I said, by two accounting jobs, I was very good at promotions, really doing well, raises, sky's the limit. So I'll never forget, my mom's in here. Um, we were on my way to Rama, which I think um, all my family thought I'd lost my mind. I had a great job and good things happening. And, you know, suddenly I get filled with the Holy Ghost and I got this call. And I'll never forget my mom. We were in the car. And because, you know, it's a good thing for a mom to ask. She said, uh, she said where are you going to work? And I said, well, I'll tell you what. I'll work anywhere but McDonald's. And I'm not talking about McDonald's Douglas. I'm talking about the Golden Arches. Because that's how I put myself through um, uh, college, Indiana State. And so I got down there. And because of my resume, I got an accounting job. I got a good job with a good hourly rate. With perfect hours, I worked every day from 1 to 8. I was making a hefty hourly rate, and it was great for the first day. 
I made more mistakes in one week than I had made in three years or ever. I couldn't do anything right. I messed up clients for him. I messed up books for him. I messed it up. Messed, and besides that, he was ornery and mean and not even nice to work for. But I'm going to stick this out because this is accounting, and it makes good sense to me that I can go to school, I can volunteer, I can be in everything they do, I can have a cushy job. It was right across the street from my apartment. Doesn't that look awesome? And it was miserable. And so I didn't know much back then. This little Methodist boy just got filled with the Holy Ghost, been in church, in a church like this for about a year. The Lord sends me away. I don't have much word in me. I don't even know what a foundational doctrine is. And yet, I'm grateful that I knew how to pray in the Holy Ghost, even though I didn't know what I was doing. And as I pray in the Holy Ghost, he said stuff like this. You don't have grace for that anymore. I didn't even know what he meant. You don't have grace for that anymore. So, he's like, I don't want you to work there. I don't want you to work there. Now, I know it was just me. I didn't have a wife. I didn't have any children. It was just me. So if I fall flat on my face, all I'm going to do is make my roommate mad because I can't pay. Anyway, the, but you know what I'm saying. All right. So I go in and I quit. I don't give him any notice, and I've never done that before. In my, no, actually, I think I did give him notice. He said, that's okay. You can go. Um, I, I, think that's how, I think that's really how it went. It's okay. You can go. I had, listen to me. I had... Because he even said to me, from, from the phone calls I made, you are not, this is not who you are. And he was a spirit-filled Christian. He was a mean spirit-filled Christian. Anyway, but my point was I was out of place, so I was out of my grace, and I was trying to do something the natural that I couldn't do. I was trying to make, I was trying to make God's life easier for me. Make good money, pay my bills, sleep at a normal time. I was helping the father out. And then I got to pray, and so I quit. And then, he, then I said, well, what am I going to do? I need to work. I didn't even know the scripture, you don't work, you don't eat. I just knew I wanted to eat. <laughs> I wanted to pay my bills. And then he spoke to me, and he said, you need to go work at McDonald's. I said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I mean, I was distraught because I had been delivered from there. I know, how many of you people ever worked in fast food? It is not, it, them hungry people are mean. They're mean. And then he said to me, you'll miss half your training if you don't work there. I know some of you have heard this over and over again. But why would you continue to do the same thing you're doing, not producing the results you need to produce? And why don't you just take a minute if you're having a hard time or if you're in a funky position and just ask the Lord, am I doing something that I'm not supposed to be doing? Have I taken something onto myself that I'm not supposed to do? Am I am the thing you've asked me to do? Am I doing am I in your grace? Am I in your place? How am I going to make sure that I'm going to get there? Well, Romans 12:2 says that if we renew our mind, we transform it and we keep renewed, what does it say? You'll prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And I know people teach that as three wills. It's not three wills. It's a definition of what it feels like to be in the will of God. It's good. It's acceptable. It's perfect. 
You're not, there's not three different wills. How does you get there? By renewing your mind. By renewing your mind. The, the Lord even said in one place in the Gospel of John, if those who do my doctrine, those who do my doctrine, they hear my voice. If you'll do it, you can hear what he has to say about things so he can lead you and guide you. Uh, John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me. and my Oh, pull that one up. John 15, 7. Pull this one up because this is where people get messed up. Because there's like, some people are like, well, you know, you all, you all just say you ask whatever you will and the Lord will give it to you. Is that what we really say or is that really the truth? John 15, 7. John 15, 7. It says this. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what? Well, see, Pastor Mark, I'm afraid of that because what if I'm wrong? But if you're abiding in him and his words are abiding in you, his ways are higher than your ways. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. If you've spent your time delighting yourself in him, if you've spent your time worshiping him, then he's got his will on the inside of you and you're not going to get all messed up. Because you're not going to be asking for stuff outside of his will. The times we do that after we've learned, listen to me, after we've learned the principles and we quit doing what's necessary to keep us abiding, that's when, by assumption, we begin to ask for things that God didn't tell us to ask for, and we get frustrated because it's not easy, it's not coming to pass, and we wonder what happened to God. We wonder what's going on. We wonder, do I need something new? Then you start getting critical of the Word of God and a message that is a foundational doctrine. Doctrine is called faith because it's not working for you. It's not that it, it didn't quit working for you. You quit working it. And what happened was you got out of the renewing your mind or um, um, making sure you're in the will of God, um, doing what he wants you to do. If you abide in me, come on, that means vitally united. And I abide in you. He that abides in me conducts himself after the manner that Jesus conducted himself. I love this one, Psalms 40, verse 8. I delight to do thy will, O God. What are we talking about? This is the confidence that I have in him. That if I ask anything according to his will, and this is what I found. The word of God is his will. But where people really like you and me, where we need help, where I need help, so I'm assuming you need help there, is the fact that, you know, okay, I got that. I can, if I can find a scripture, I stand on that scripture, and I can receive that. Absolutely the truth. But when it comes to your personal life, it is not written. Is there any single people in the house? All the single ladies. No. Oh, okay. Yes, I know some stuff. All right. So I've heard Beyonce before. All right. So, but if you're single, there's nothing written. Mark shall marry Rhonda in Madison, Alabama, and the two shall live happily ever after. It's not written. How do we discern that? We just knew. When Russ and Judy Joe brought her through, I didn't look at her and say, I claim her in Jesus' name. Or she didn't, she probably wouldn't have. Anyway, but you know what I'm saying? I bind anyone else from trying to take her. She's mine in Jesus' name. Secretly laid hands on her and claim her. What are you doing? It's creepy. Anyway, so you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sit behind her and pray out loud, Lord, thank you for my wife. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I 
But if the Lord deals with you and the Lord brings you together, then you can have faith for that. A house, a particular house. You've heard me tell that example time and time again. But there was a house here in Madison. They totally redid it. And this guy came up to me and said, I claim that in Jesus' name. And I said, well, you're not going to get it because I know the people who live there and they're not moving. This is stupid. Is that plain enough? If you're going to go march around a BMW and lay hands on it, don't wear your cornerstone stuff. Could the Lord ever tell you to do that? Sure. He told them to walk around the walls. But if he didn't tell you to walk around that house, this is Alabama, y'all. People got guns. <laughs> and if they didn't invite you to walk around their house, don't you be walking around their house. <laughs> Come on. I'm just telling you. Charismaniac things in the word adapted that were specific for a time doesn't mean it's going to work for you. You have to hear from heaven. You've got the general word of God. You don't need if it be thy will. Lord, if it's your will to heal me, tell me. No, that's written. You don't need the general will of God to know, does he want you blessed? Does he want you to have a good job? Yeah, because if you don't work, you don't eat. And he wants you to eat well. He wants you to live well. If you seek first the kingdom of God, he's going to add things to you. So then, though, if the Lord tells you there's a specific job, even if you're not qualified, if he shows it to you, if he illuminates it to you, then you have some evidence. You have a knowing. That's your evidence. The Lord's leading you. Do you know what? Do you see why it's so important to know the voice of the Holy Spirit? To know the voice of God when it comes to you personally. To know where to be and where not to be, what to do. So how else can I, can I make sure that I'm in position to, to know the will of God and to do the will of God? How can I do that? So number one, I'm going to renew my mind. Number two, I'm going to let the word abide in me. And I'm going to let his words abide in me and I'm going to abide in him. Because then and only then, then I can ask for what I will because it's lined up with his will. Because this is the confidence that I have in him if I ask anything according to his will. I know that he hears me. If I know he hears me, I know I got it. But I got to know his will. He said, don't assume that you can say, I'm going to go to this city or that city, city uh, buy and, and get gain for a year. Because he says, you know, no, no, that's not the way this works. What you ought to say, if the Lord wills, I'll live here. Remember, it's not a funeral scripture has nothing to do with you dying at an appointed time to die. I don't know how many times you heard that and at a funeral, um, but that is, not a, that is not a funeral scripture. It has nothing to do with physics. It, has, it's not, has, it doesn't have anything to do with that. It has Because you don't know what your life is, uh, what you ought to say if I live. Not if I physically am going to live. It's where I'm living, what I'm doing. Y'all got that? Right? And so you need to know. Well, Pastor Mark, I think I've made some mistakes. You know, should I just go, you know, I shouldn't be here, Pastor Mark. I shouldn't be in Huntsville, Alabama. I really made a big mistake. I should leave. Well, I wouldn't do that. I would pray, say, Lord, it looks like I might have made a mistake. Um, what do you want me to do now? That's like, you know, somebody who gets born again who had gotten two divorces, and then they get married, and they feel like, oh, my gosh, i got to go back to the first marriage and clean it up. Whoa, hold on, Jack. Don't be doing anything like that. You're going to mess everybody up. 
Just where you're at, determine you're married, God loves you, and you're going to live together forever. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't be going back and trying to fix anything up. Please. All right. Are you with me? I don't know where all this is coming from. Hallelujah. Everybody say, I delight to do your will, oh God. And then in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, put that up for me, Colossians 1, 9. It says, for this cause we also, since the day we heard it, did not cease to pray for you, desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Listen, I believe this is the first positioning step. Before you ask, before you try to believe, before you try to receive, you have got to make sure you know the will of God in this situation. And if you're depressed, if you're in a funky state of mind, then you have to say, Lord, did I miss it somewhere? Because how many know if you're in faith, you rejoice with joy unspeakable? Come on. If you're in faith, you're at what? Rest and peace. Come on. That has nothing to do with depression and wondering and Jesus, where are you? Amen. So I'm going to continue to do all these things. I'm going to keep my mind renewed. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, let the word of God abide in me and I'm going to abide in him. I'm going to delight. I'm going to delight to do his will. I'm not going to... St- <laughs> I'm not just going to do his will because Pastor Mark told me to do his will. I'm not going to work in the nursery because he begged me to. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to, um, you know, do this or that. You, you have to get to the place where, um, you know, it's beyond obedience that you delight to do it. You might have to meditate on this one in a while. You might have to talk yourself into it. Come on, not this group. But other people you know. Well, just in case you ever get to the place where you don't want to do it, I delight to do your will, O oh God. I delight to do your will, O oh God. I don't feel like it. I delight to do your will, O oh God. I don't like it. I delight to do your will, O oh God. I delight. I'm delighted. I'm delighted. I'm delighted. And then suddenly you feel lighter because you're delighted. And then you get a little happy about it. I delight to do your will, O oh God. And then it gets easier and it gets more fun and it's all good. Hallelujah. Everybody say it again. I delight. And then I can pray for you, but then if I can pray for you, you can pray for you. That you would come to be filled. Everybody say, I'm filled with the knowledge of your will. And so the the important thing is to do. And this is kind of something I had in my heart, so I'm going to go ahead and give it out. Um, So I I kind of tiptoed around it. But listen, if you're frustrated about life and you're overwhelmed, you've got to look and see, have I added something to my life? Am I trying to push something? Because, see, God can give you a plan, and you can try to make it happen in your way in your time. And you're not, going to be, you're not going to have the grace to do it. You're not going to have the grace to do it. Or when God gives you something and a dream, a desire, something, but you don't feel like you can do it, and you're just going to wait around until he does it, then that's not going to bring the miraculous power of God. Because those disciples couldn't turn water into wine. They didn't have any grapes. I love what Travis was saying about the process. Because, see, there's another one. The process is irrelevant. Because, you see, even if I was working a miracle, I went, I'd have told them to go get some grapes from the market. But, you know, God don't need your help. One of the greatest revelations you can ever get is Pastor Rhonda's. God is smarter than I am. I didn't even give John Osteen any credit. I just gave it all to you. Come on, everybody. Say, God is 
smarter than I am. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.